Hey guys, it's Dawn. If you would like to hear the How My Parents Raised Me podcast ad-free, and if you would like access to subscriber-only episodes, join me in the What's the Truth community. You can join via the Apple Podcast app. There's a link right there in the app. Or go to whatsthetruth.supercast.com. Links are in the show notes. Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I grew up and we didn't know anything. It was just, we just felt abnormal and we felt abandoned. And my parents left my four and a half and sister, sister and six and a half year old me in boarding school in India and we were in Africa. We were just, it was complete abandonment. And, and I remember those days with, um, I mean, I'm very open about this. I write about this now because I think it's been my biggest, my life has happened to me for a reason as i've said and and it the dots have completely aligned now and i and i am this is not from a victim place this is from a place of awe and beauty but now when i look back on it i you know i felt the pain it it's devastating pain i i used to defecate in my pants at the age of six and a half in boarding school and i didn't understand why i didn't understand why what, what was happening to me but now i do i was in complete trauma Welcome to How My Parents Raised Me. I'm Dawn Chitty. When we are born, we arrive here as pure and perfect souls. And the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives. And that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you, you. What makes you the absolutely unique human that you are. Stories are medicine for the soul. They can connect us and they can change the world. And so in this podcast, I'm listening to beautiful souls sharing their story. What happened to them, how they got through and how they have healed and thrived despite everything 
to arrive right here in this moment. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hey beautiful souls, Kavita was just six years old and her sister was four when they were sent to boarding school. It was complete abandonment and Kavita was left in deep trauma. Her mother was living with an undiagnosed mental illness and her parents were just unable to cope. And it wasn't until Kavita had her own child and suffered devastating postpartum depression that she really began to understand the depths of that trauma. As she set out on this healing journey, Kavita found Dr. Shafali, who is Oprah's go-to parenting expert, and ended up training with Dr. Shafali to become a parenting coach. Kavita believes that we cannot give our child what they need if we have not first embraced and healed ourselves from childhood trauma. This episode is spread out over two weeks. Please join me now for part one of Kavita's story. Kavita, thank you so much for being here. You are Conscious Parent on Instagram and you are a parenting coach trained by Dr. Shafali, who is amazing. For anyone who hasn't heard of her, she was Oprah's go-to parenting expert. And you are working with parents and children on deep childhood trauma and inner child healing. And this life purpose of helping others in trauma comes from your own struggles in childhood. Can you tell us about what you remember of life at six years old? Hi, Dawn. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Yes, so my life at six years old was really, really You know, the funny thing is, and this is something I'm really grateful for, most people block their memories and they block their childhoods when it's bad. I remember everything in sharp detail. Um, I was, uh, so I grew up with a mentally unwell mother. To this day, I don't really know what's wrong with her. Wrong with her. Uh, I do have an idea. but it was never really spoken about. It was shoved under the carpet. She's wonderful. Like she's a very beautiful soul and she's had so much difficulty, you know? So it was this oscillation between extreme love and responsibility to take care of her and complete abandonment and neglect. Uh, my father didn't know how to deal with it. And I think they, they just didn't know what to do with themselves, dealing with two children at a young age. I mean, she had me when she was 21 and uh, my sister when she was 24 and my father was very young as well. And in India, we don't really talk about mental health, you know, especially maternal mental health. These are just not conversations that we have. I mean, even to this day, it's only now it's beginning. And I grew up and we didn't know anything. It was just, we just felt abnormal and we felt abandoned. And my parents left my four and a half and sister sister and six and a half year old me in boarding school in India and we were in Africa. We were just, it was complete abandonment. And, and I remember those days with, um, I mean, I'm very open about this. I write about this now because I think it's been my biggest, my life has happened to me for a reason. 
as I've said, and and it the dots have completely aligned now. And I and I am. This is not from a victim place. This is from a place of awe and beauty. But now, when I look back on it, I you know I felt the pain. It, it's devastating pain. I I used to defecate in my pants at the age of six and a half in boarding school, and I didn't understand why. I didn't understand why what what was happening to me. But now I do. I was in complete trauma. It was complete trauma for several months, you know. So that was my age at six. I mean, that was my life. <laughs> As we start this podcast off in a very upbeat note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and were you at that school, that boarding school, for your whole school life? Uh, so this is what happened. So I was in the boarding school, and and for those just to um, expand upon it more. Only recently, like when I say recently, in the past couple of years, did I understand that I was in a complete state of trauma. Because when you're in trauma, your body goes into fight, flight, and freeze mode. And I and the first thing that shuts off is your digestive system. And then your brain literally unplugs um, your alarm system, which is your fight, flight, freeze, survival instinct, disconnects from your prefrontal cortex, which is where you think and logically reason. This is great when we're actually in danger, yeah. you know. But if this system is activated over and over again, then it can really, really devastate you. So my digestive system shut down for many months. You know, I wasn't able to control it, and and of course, it, I was made fun of. I, you know, I I was alienated. I was ostracized, and I didn't know what was going on. There was no compassion, you know. There was no compassion, and. Uh, yeah, so at the age of six and a half, so I was in boarding school with my sister, who I parented, because she was so young, and uh, my parents were in Africa, and we were in the school from the age of six and a half to 12, um, and after the first couple of years, I think my parents realized how I was in a really bad way, like I was really miserable, so my mother's father and uncle lived in the same city, and we went to live with them, but they were men and they had no idea what they were doing because my grandmother had just passed away who I was very close to. So that was also a big life circumstance. My grandmother had also passed away. And um, it was very difficult living with them. You know, two, two young girls with two men who didn't really know what they were doing. And um, it was tough. Yeah, that is really tough, isn't it? And for you know, six and a half is young, but four and a half, that's such a young age for a little tiny girl to be for both of you to be abandoned by it's horrible. Parents. Yeah. It's a horrible age. And she was a she's a baby. My son is five. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine doing I mean, the thought of him alone, I, I just can't. It's just, you know. Yeah. But yeah. I don't blame. After the, of course, requisite pain and anger, and I mean, which I go through on a day-to-day basis, you cannot negate that. You understand, then comes the compassion, you know? Then comes the compassion of, of, of the why and, and, and why it happened and why they did it. Yeah. And it really is that mental health is something yeah. that, so many people struggle with there's so much shame around it and people just don't want to put themselves out there as that person do they so there's a lot of 
covering it up and it's hard for family you know i just i just find that there there's a very fixed mentality you know even if you acknowledge i mean in my case in in my mother's case in my family's case there was not even an acknowledgement right that wasn't even there yeah. you know that wasn't even there but um even if it's acknowledged say in your essay in the west it's it's much more of an acknowledgement right that that you this exists but there's a very fixed mentality it's um let's get on medication or let's make you okay there's a lot of talk therapy which doesn't really get to the heart of the matter you know um there's just there's no real even once it's recognized and you're open to it there's nothing that really helps only now i think people are catching on to it but there's nothing that really helps you know yeah. um and this fixed mentality with medication and and even with postpartum don i mean oh it's a hormonal affliction that affects you for the first few months <laughs> no it's not <laughs> let's really talk about what it is you know it's it's not i i wrote for the newspaper i write for the newspaper over here and i wrote an article on what postpartum is really in my in my uh in, in my opinion and i and i think that people were like wow that makes so much sense what is it it's your inner child you know it's the fact that when you're faced with raising this child in front of you and you can't do certain things and you're filled with dread beyond a certain point you know physical postpartum is very different it it lasts for a few months and then a little bit and then it it leaves you but very few people have physical postpartum most people have this chronic devastating postpartum that can be really subtle it it doesn't have to be you shutting yourself up in your room and not facing life but it's very subtle it colors every aspect of parenting you don't want to be around your child yeah you want to run away from your child you know you don't want to be with your child where does that come from you can't parent where does that come from your cup isn't full it hasn't been filled by the two people who could fill it you know yeah. yeah and so you're empty you're actually malnourished you don't have the skill you know you're faced with a mountain and you don't have legs to climb it so what do you do you have to reparent yourself you have to raise that child you have to raise that child mm. yeah you know it it's a, it's that's what postpartum really is and yeah. it goes into postpartum distress you know which is why we can't i mean i could go on i'm but mental health is even if it's acknowledged is is not addressed properly mm. and misunderstood yeah yeah and there's a very bandaid mentality to it mm. you know? yeah going back to when you were that little girl was there any kind of place where you felt safe in your life no no i did not feel safe i don't i did not feel safe at all you know for many years i i don't think i twice a year we would go to africa to visit my parents and i felt safe there for a little while but then it was a tumultuous household you know um it was beautiful it was fun but then it was also tumultuous because it was up and down it wasn't like um 
I when I think back on it, it was great, but then I knew it was ending. And then even when we were there, there was, you know, there was there was a lot. Like it wasn't peaceful. It wasn't like a parent-child home. It was beautiful because I was with yeah. my parents and I felt loved. One of the things that I cannot dispute is when I was with them, I felt really loved. Yeah. You know, they loved us. They loved us a lot. They still to this day, I mean, there is a lot of love. You know, there is a lot of love. So I did feel very loved. So maybe there were moments of safety then when we went. But I remember, even in those moments of safety, I was like, oh, it's going to end. It's going to end 20 days more, 30 days more, you know? So, yeah. 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 And then as you grew into a teen, how were you coping at that age? So at the age of 12, um, 12 and a half, we, we moved to Europe together as a family and I went to school in um, in Europe and my parents lived there as well with us um, so we were together uh, you know I my sister and I had two very contrasting reactions to this and uh, I've actually written about this I was a good kid um, I was amazing I was great in school I was I didn't do anything bad. I was a model, a student model daughter, you know, never touched alcohol, didn't even drink, um, didn't really date, <laughs> you know, didn't really rebel, didn't do anything, didn't do anything. I was just, I was a parent. You know, I was a good kid. Um, and, and it devastated me in adulthood. You know, I, I actually think these good children are the kids to watch, watch out for because they are the ones who are most likely to have a breakdown because they're so busy trying to please the parents and uphold them that they have no sense of identity or boundaries. I had no sense of who am I? And I just need to merge. I need to enmesh. I need to please. I need to be there for my parents. I need to be who they need me to be so they don't break. Because if they break, then what will happen to me? So I was this incredible child. Incredible. Um, and my sister rebelled. And she did everything that I didn't do. She was on the other end of the spectrum. Um, but then she got her life together much earlier than I did. You know? Mm -hmm. Because she was able to externalize the anger. She felt the anger. She was like, how dare you do this to me? You know, she acted out. She she had um, an outlet, and so she she actually was very functional. It's so funny in the teen years she was rebellious, but somehow both of us, because I do believe my parents gave us a gift that was. This is what I mean. Every parent gives their child some gift, you know. So one of the things my parents gave us is, they have never once in my life have I doubted that I was not the center of their world. You understand. They didn't give me what they couldn't give me because they were broken. And I think subconsciously I knew that, but to the extent of their brokenness, they gave us everything. To this day, we are their priority to this day, you know? Hmm. Um, so my sister and I were actually, like, she did really well in school. And um, so we were very functional. Like, you know, she found a great, I mean, she's married, she has a great husband and a great family. and. And, and at some weird level, I also was able to find through my failures, 
later in life, you know, a good companion. And um, so there's, that was the gift, the gift of love and deep down inside that knowledge that there is something wonderful about us. You know what I mean? So yeah. in, in, the, in, in the pain and the devastation, there was also that love to the extent that they could love. Yes. So, yeah, but I, I definitely had, um, my post-teen years were a disaster. <laughs> That's when I started breaking down, you know, yeah. for, for a while. Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, so tell a little bit about that time. Yeah, so it's funny. You know, when I was growing up, everyone was like, Kavita such an amazing girl. You know, she's she's got it all together and and... My sister was the one who was like, oh, she's such a rebel, you know, da, da, da. But come the age of 21, my sister was flying. Like she's, she got, had it all together. You know, she was brilliant. She did wonderfully. She married quite early. She met her husband quite early. Um, and, and, and she was, she had a boundary straight. She's like, you guys screwed up. I haven't forgiven you. So she really felt her feelings, you know, but I'm going to live my life and I'm going to have my boundaries and I'm going to do my thing. So she had her boundaries up and she just lived her life, you know, with me, it was the other, other thing I became. So when my mother was 40, actually, she had a complete breakdown. Her coping mechanism stopped, stopped working. How could they not, you know, before that she was in a lot of like, she was popping pills and, somehow existing I don't even know how she did what she did she had a complete breakdown she could not even move like she was in a chair in a room and um we didn't even know what was wrong you know and um and I devoted my life to taking care of her you know I um in my mind I just stopped everything I was I went to grad school and I studied and then I, I was in New York, but then every time I would come home, I would take care of her. And then well into my thirties, I would just take care of my mother, you know, um, I would take care of her. I would stay up at night. I would be the nurse. I would be the co-parent. I would, I would be there for my father and mother. Um, I was like, I mentally put my entire life on pause. Um, to do that and uh, I was married uh, obviously for some with somebody who was not good for me and maybe I wasn't good for him but you know 
definitely not good for me so i made that mistake and i left him soon after but mentally i was always i was responsible i had no boundaries i had absolutely no boundaries you know my life was not my life it was my i was just taking care of my mother mentally even if i was not with her i was taking care of her whereas my sister just cut ties and lived her life you know it's interesting how two sisters in the same family can have such a different reaction to the same situation you obviously felt a lot of responsibility is that why you were doing it just a lack of boundaries and and a feeling of responsibility i mean i love them i i love them and i think i i've always been you know i look at my life in in retrospect now you know i've always been a nurturer mm. i've always been a mother and a caretaker you know and that role has been assigned to me at a very early age i don't think i was never allowed to be a child you know so i think this role i mean i know i know this role of a nurturer and of a mother has been my role my entire life it comes very naturally to me um with with everybody in my life you know um except maybe one person mm. now of course my thing my life has changed completely but except for one friend of mine every everyone else i was i was the nurturer and even in my family i was a nurturer and uh, it's just who i am you know i am that person my sister is not she's different from me so it is we're different people you know mm. so so i i and then of course i i was grateful that after i left my my first husband i was able to do some healing and and say why did i not i don't blame him i mean it's his life and we all make choices i was like why did i choose this relationship why did i what was it about me that chose this which was obviously not good for me you know yeah. and i was able to break that pattern and and find and meet my husband now who's i mean i'm very grateful it's it's a gift from the universe but then i thought i was fine on that's the that's the that's the fallacy of coping you know you think you're fine i was i thought i was fine till i was 36 years old mm. you know i i thought i was fine till i was 36 years old i had a great career i was married to a wonderful man i am married to a good man yes so my mother's unwell but look at me you know i have my life together and you know and then it's only when and i was i loved i absolutely love children and i have my entire life i was a person who would change dirty diapers of every child <laughs> you know i would go babysit i would have like children all over. i love kids so when i got pregnant i was so happy i felt like i had come into my own you know i wasn't nervous oh i can do this i take care of everyone i'm a natural mother and i wasn't so far off from the truth i am i am you know a natural nurturer but when i gave birth to my son oh my god it was literally 100 to 0 in a split second it was it was um i can't even describe the feeling i couldn't breathe for for many months he, he would cry and my my throat would seize up and i couldn't breathe and i just wanted to run away and um it's because it reminded me of taking care of my mother 
you know my body went back into that trauma mode um the body is beautiful you can lie here but your body always tells you when there's something wrong you know yeah and um yeah so it's my child has been my awakener you know yeah. yeah so you said that you couldn't breathe i mean that's that's extreme isn't it it's not just feeling a bit off it's no. it's a real full body experience of trauma it is it is exactly what i felt exact that's what you know as a child you don't even know what you're feeling because you don't have the neurological capability to put a and b together your prefrontal cortex is not developed enough to even connect the dots with what you're feeling yeah. but as an adult when you feel these triggers in your life that's why when people tell me i don't remember my childhood i'm like your body does mm. your body remembers think about what triggers you what triggers you what sets off an extreme reaction you know you don't even need to remember you just need to tune into your body and release it so for mm. me i mean i'm lucky enough that i remember everything right so when i started feeling this panic intellectually i was like okay this is how oh i can't take care of him at night because oh my god i couldn't take care of because of what i did every night with my mother so I, intellectually i had processed it but i still didn't connect the dots it's so funny you know because i'm a very i'm an aware person i'm i talk about my feelings i'm 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 not i'm not a shut off person for my feelings so intellectually i had i had spoken about it but i still didn't connect the dots you see and therapy didn't even help me with it it's just crazy how it's so in front of our eyes and we don't see it so yeah i couldn't breathe i couldn't breathe i couldn't be around him i would <sighs> like breathe like that you know and then when he was about a year old i lost my voice for 6 months wow i couldn't speak yeah nothing i did would get it back i lost my voice for 6 months that's crazy. you know because i wasn't speaking my truth my energy was blocked wow. and um my best friend uh introduced me to this body talk practitioner uh she is wonderful her name is dr geraldine she is amazing she's a doctor of natural medicine and and she does a lot of body work and she touched me and released the energy through this energy method eft tapping methods that she has and everything just came out wow. everything just it was like a, it was the first time in my life i felt the pain wow the first time in my life i felt the pain and it just came flooding out um i was bleeding tears so it went over a number of weeks one session and then i did another session but after that first session she told me i've unlocked something and also i think don i was so ready you know i think everyone has a place in them i was just so ready i'd lost my voice it had come to a point where i was like what is wrong i need i'm ready i'm ready you know and that's why i say everything happens for everybody at a place and a time so she released that and in 3 weeks i got my voice back but and it's never gone since but she feeling that pain for the first time in my life i realized there was something very off and i still couldn't get the help that i needed yeah you know i still couldn't get it 
and and it's only when I met Dr. Shafali that I realized why this parenting thing is such a symbol for who we are. You know, it's not even about the child. Yes. Can you speak a little bit about that time with Dr. Shafali when you met her? Yeah. So I, when I met her, and 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 she spoke about parenting. You know, I. And she said it's you know she spoke a lot about the inner child and and about how children are our triggers for our deeper feelings and who we are. Why does this trigger something in us? You know, we live our lives blaming the world, right? I'm this way because she did something, and um, uh, my child is a difficult child, or my friend annoyed me. My boss is this way, and my husband did this to me, and. We spend our lives blaming the world. But how often do we actually start going within? Why did this person, I did it a little bit with my divorce where I didn't blame my ex. I took full responsibility and said, why did I choose this? You know, but, but even then I didn't wholly connect the dots when it came to having a child. So when she's, her perspective, it's a very subtle thing, right? She, you, you must have heard her talk. She speaks about things beautifully. Yes. She puts everything into perspective. Like it is nothing on the outside. It is always about the inside. And it always boils down to the way you were nurtured. And, and then she just, just connecting that dot, those creating a bridge between what is outside and what is inside, you know, triggers and deconstructing them and going into your past and then, sitting with your pain and healing your trauma and, and then coming back to the present and then learning to soothe yourself and learning to raise yourself. Like it was another world uh, when she said those things. And then of course I processed them intellectually and something really hit hard. And, um, and it had happened at a beautiful time because I resigned my job a few months before that because I realized I was living a lie. And after I resigned, I was still really lost. I was like, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this. But then COVID happened and I had to just stop. And I started, I just started taking courses under Dr. Shafali because I was like, I need to know myself. But there's something very, very wrong here. There's something that I have not paid attention to. And at the same time, I found a therapist who was wonderful. Um, but I truly believe therapy is as good as you are. You know, you enter the situation. And I was so ready because I, I'd gotten these tools with Dr. Shafali. And, um, and then, yeah, I just threw myself into healing. You know, I felt, I, I felt my pain for, it was devastating. It was yeah. devastating, the healing process. It's, I mean, I'm healing every day, but... But now it's, it's a muscle that I flex, you know, it's a moment by moment thing. I know how to do it. But those first few months were devastating. I felt that kind of pain can kill you, you know, yeah. and you face the pain of your life of what you felt as a child, but it is only when you feel it, that it leaves you. Yeah, it's absolutely. the most beautiful thing. And then, so I studied under her. I, I said, I, I need to do, I just went with the flow. I did it more for myself than for anyone. And 
and then I felt a natural urge. I mean, it just came to me. I was like, this, this is what I'm meant to do. This is how, where I feel I am meant to be, you know? And, um, and so I studied, I got certified under her and I, and I wanted to do more because it comes from a deep place. You know, I want to help people, mothers and parents the way nobody helped mine, you know, help children the way nobody were able to. I know the pain. I, I know it deeply. So I actually, the privilege, the privilege of the pain, I was given the privilege of the pain because only through knowing your pain and healing it, are you able to heal others and help them, right? Yeah. The wounded healer. And so I asked Dr. Shafali that I wanted to study more. Um, and she told me that there's this one university in the States uh, that, that does holistic psychology, um, mind, body, soul work. It's called the California Institute of Integral Studies. And I looked into it. I loved it. I applied. And um, I was at an information session. And uh, I asked the university, where does your symbol come from? You know, it's the Sri Yantra symbol. So it's obviously from India. And they said, oh, it's from the Aurobindo ashram. You know, it was founded by the Aurobindo ashram in Pondicherry. My husband was raised in Pondicherry. He went to the Aurobindo Ashram School. Oh my gosh. And, and, it, it, and his great-grandfather was the first registrar and he comes from that world and he didn't even know. So suddenly I felt this enormous, it, the dots aligned, you know? So I'm, I'm currently doing it. I'm doing my master's and possibly my PhD in East-West psychology. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful journey, you know. We we are given this life for a reason to become who we are. You know? Yes, yes, I love that so much, and I love seeing this amazing cycle that you've gone in with your healing, and you can just see how it all just falls into place, doesn't it? When you're in the middle of it, and you're in that healing kind of, like you said, how hard it is. It's so so hard, but there was such a purpose and a reason to having to go through that. And here you are now learning all of this amazing work. It is. It's, and you know, and, I, and I, there's one thing I can tell everyone. It starts with you feeling your pain and taking full responsibility for everything that has happened in your life. This is such a beautiful chat. Please join me next week for part two of Kavita's story where we will be talking about what we should know about ourselves before we become parents. Thank you so much for being on this journey of healing with me. If you listen on Apple, I'd love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast. It would mean a lot. Check the show notes for links to dawnchitty.com and all links recommended in this episode. If you're on Instagram, Follow me at My Big Love Project and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for connecting here. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.